Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hi guys, I'm here today with Bill Kersedra. Yeah, yep. yep. is that right? Very Excellent. good. <laughs> um, from Professional Success Self. Um, we're going to talk around communication. Um, you know, we do talk similar things actually with helping people with their sales. Um, and when you guys originally got in touch about coming on the show, I was like, you know, looking at your the information on you, I was like, actually, your outlook on sales is very similar to mine. Um, you know, it's a conversation. It, it's a you know, it's a relationship building opportunity, just like any other relationship. It's just the fact it comes under that label of of sales and talking to people who you think you're going to be able to help. Um, for some people, turns them into a bit of a spin, doesn't it? Um, so, <laughs> so we're going to talk around that today and communication, focusing on that communication element. Um, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, Bill, please. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, yeah, so I started out in the military. I with The reason why I focus on communication, let me go backwards a little bit. So high school, middle school, uh, going, I went to college for a few years, didn't quite finish at that point. And, you know, it really wasn't a good fit, but I really, I was shy. I didn't really make connections. I had, I had friends and, and close people, but, you know, to the outside, I was very, you know, closed off. So I didn't raise my hand a lot in school, things like that. So communication wasn't really a strong suit of mine at that point in time. And, you know, I, went into the military because I was looking for, you know, something somewhere, a direction. And it just was like, it was there. I went to trade school and the, the recruiter was there and it just was, a, seemed like a great fit at that point in time. And it ended up being a great fit. So in the military, it's very controlled discipline and I needed that structure and it helped me learn communication because of the the style and the in your face. And it's very, you know, you're going to do this. Then after that, you're going to do this. It's very laid out, regimented. And it put me on a path that it made sense. Now, at the point in time, it wasn't, I wasn't fully bought into it, right? But looking back, hindsight is where it's where the foundation of communication started for me and the understanding of the importance of it. After eight years in the military, I, I transitioned out because I, I met my wife and we started having a family and military and family can be very stressful, number one. And and unfortunately, number two, it, military is not a very uh, financially rewarding job, right? So thinking of college and further education for your kids, even though they're just being born, uh, it's still part of the conversation and you need to earn a, a good living to do that. So decided to all transition of a sudden you've got a, you've got to look for that future plan, yes you, you do kind of been all right up to that point and then you're like <laughs> even when you get another half and then all of a sudden you're like oh i really yeah. need to grow up now this person relies on me <laughs> right absolutely it's it's it they're dependent on you and and mm. you know now my two older kids our two older kids are in college um middle of the college trip and towards the end for our oldest but you know 20 years ago when we were transitioning out, it was like, this is scary. Right. So, but I went right into retail sales and mm -hmm. I, I found that I, I loved it. Right. I loved the interaction. 
I loved helping people, right? I know that sales, yeah. a lot of salespeople don't necessarily look at it from a perspective of helping someone, but mm-hmm. you are, you know, and that's what intrigued me the most. Now, I was taught the, the sales way, and that is, you know, you just tell them what they want to hear, get them to say yes, <laughs> get them, you know, all those different things. And they can regret it later when you're <laughs> not in the room. Correct. <laughs> and it didn't feel like a good fit to me. I did it because that's what I thought. You know, I just came from the military, so you do what you're told. And I did well, but it still just didn't feel right for the first couple of years. I moved up pretty quickly into finance and managing and so on and so forth and eventually running a couple of different stores. But that progression happened because I started focusing on the consumer, on the person and not the result, right? And that is where fine tuning and really understanding the importance of communication within the sales cycle really started to, to hit home with me. And it, it, I found that if I just communicated really well with them, that means answering their questions or getting them the information that they were looking for, answering the phone call, email, whatever it was, replying back, the little things, and, and really being their go-to, then they made a decision and they figured out a way to purchase from me. And that goes a long way. And, you know, you're not taught that, right? You're taught sell the product, close them now, don't let them leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they leave, yeah, the percentage good. of getting them back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is true. And I think that's the thing is, is that, you know, I've had, I had a client recently who came to me and it was an individual. We, we talked the other day around, you tend, you know, you work with individuals and teams. My preference right. tends to be more individuals. Um, and she came to me, she was the business, she was the salesperson in the business. And, um, you know, she was saying that um, I've been taught this way and I've been taught that I'll drop the price on the call, um, but it's only available for that, for that time on the call. And then it's lost after that. Um, and you know, the, the pressure she was putting people under and I was like, you know, how does this sit with you? Right. And she was like, oh, well, and she genuinely hadn't thought of it like that. She was like, well, this is what I have to do in order to sell. And I yeah. think an element of, you know, when there's, when you're more pressured, when you're more desperate, when you're starting out, you just need the sales. And so that they're, they're willing to do, they compromise their own you know integrity where you yeah. normally sit where you feel comfortable because someone said to them this is what you need to do and they're like well if this is what I have to do this is what I'm doing um and it's it's such a shame because it it's so misrepresented her yeah absolutely and, and it, 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 it it hurts you so much more right I know that yeah. and I'm a I'm a business owner. I've had a couple different companies before I I really settled with this one and learning the process and so on and so forth. You, you do, you're, you're in a position of desperation because you're, you need to make it grow and you put so much pressure on yourself and you put pressure on the consumer or the client or whoever it is you're trying to earn their business and they feel it. And, you know, I, with teaching communication and the understanding of it, I, I, I talk a lot about your gut feeling 
I talk a lot about internal. Did you ever walk in, you know, we walk into places of business and you feel like, wow, this just doesn't feel right. I want to leave. And other places you walk yeah. in and you go, wow, this is welcoming. I love it here. So, so and visually it looks quite the same. Doesn't exactly. It? You know, exactly. Like it's, it's the atmosphere you've picked up on. Um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, you're like, and it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to you consciously. You know, no, like it's you just an energy. Like it's an energy thing. Yeah. 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 And we give off that energy. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and when you, when you start to understand that and realize that you control that energy, it, it's a game changer because, yeah. you know, they talk about sales and they talk about influence and different things like that. Well, that's what we do, right? If you're walking down the street and someone's walking towards you and you say, good morning or good afternoon with a smile. You can change that whole person's perspective right there on the spot. That's yeah. it's energy. That's sales. You're selling them on a happier disposition, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just crazy to me. And the thing is, is actually you're selling because we talked about this the, the other day right. um, when we were having our chat, like sort of accidentally selling. Um, yeah. And I've worked with quite a lot of sort of teachers and people from um, from 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 UK based uh, medical services which obviously um for us teaching and medical you, you're not selling you know there's right. no association of bringing that person on board with the service you're currently providing um because both are free at point of use um and so you know you don't have that awareness that they come out having provided something for free right um and then all of a sudden they're working for themselves and they're having to provide um some sort of sales process and marketing and promotion of themselves but actually you've accidentally sold they've accidentally sold their entire lives yeah because they've had to persuade it. people to follow a you know to to do the homework to Absolutely. follow a process to help themselves to you know do exercises to make themselves better whatever it is that they're they're having to get people to do you are persuading and that's what it is at the end of the day is sales is a persuasive communication yeah. we do it with our children we, yeah. if we want them oh, to yeah. do their chores or do their homework or what's the importance of eating vegetables we know vegetables when you're at a young age don't taste that great but it's important to have them right so yeah. Yeah. i mean it, it, there's so many things in life that is sales but we don't call we don't want to call it sales because it's sales is that dirty word right but it, it yeah, really is totally. it's just communicating it's just showing them value. And when you understand mm -hmm. that sales, it's all in the same. If it is a product that you're selling or a service or, or whatnot, then you start talking about the value of it. You understand that, that it's the value mm -hmm. part that they want. And I, I always tell, you know, all that, cause once I'm with a client or, or we have a whole business and we're working with them now, okay. So we sold the the upper management or the ownership on, hey, hire our, our services, my company, and we're going to take care of and raise the bar at your location. Now we have to sell that idea to the rest of the team, right? So yeah. it's the same concept where they have really have no skin in the game because they didn't buy us, right? They didn't, they're not paying the, our, our monthly service. They're just the employees, so we have to sell them on the notion, why does this process work better? Why are you doing it this way will increase. So, yeah. you know, th then we're selling as well. It's an idea we're selling, but, yeah. you know, it's the same exact concept. And we, you have to believe in it. You have to see the value in it. 
And then you have to build that relationship with, they have to trust you, you know, yeah. like the circle <laughs> of trust. Exactly. I think that's the thing is, is that building that no like trust with yeah. people. And it's, you know, if you're not in control, if you need somebody else to implement, to do something in order to achieve the outcome you're looking for, then you need to persuade them. And then therefore it sales. Yeah. Um, and so it's just getting into that mindset of actually, it's not a big deal. You know, like I think I've seen people in calls who they sat there and I used to go out a lot with sales teams. So I'd be sat there in a call with them and they'd have a normal chat with the person. And then right. they would say, right, then uh, let's get started. And you would see everybody's body language in the room would change. <laughs> um, we're going to do the sales bit now. And it was yeah, it was like you were having a great conversation. You know, you were just talking to them. Just just keep yeah. going. Like you're just changing subject. That's all. Um and I think that's the thing is, is people that they feel that need to, in, in those cases, they felt the need to sort of flag up, okay, well, now I'm going to sell to you. And it's right. like, well, actually it shouldn't, there shouldn't no, be. That. It should all be one, one seamless, you know, and, and that's the key to it all. Right. And that's why we focus. And I, I've built this whole thing around focusing on the learning communication, because if you go all the way back to, um, I don't know how it is over where you are in the UK, but I know here in, in, in the States, you know, there really isn't a, a class environment. They don't, at middle school, elementary, they don't teach us communication, right? They don't teach us yeah. that there are pillars to communication, what they are and how to apply them. And so we never really learn proper communication. We just, we learn from seeing the people around us, hearing our parents and our siblings and whatnot. And that's how we communicate. Right. We don't understand that body language makes up 93 percent of communication. So mm -hmm. it's not what you say. It's really your how you look, how you position yourself, the tones of your voice, the inflection, so on and so forth, that influence the communicating more than the words coming out of your mouth. Right. And then we're never really taught how to listen how to really understand and, and pay attention and comprehend it and then apply it back or empathy and clarity, the importance of clarity. You know, we know what we want, but how do we portray that to someone else? Right. And that's, that's where I learned that real clarity was a big one in the military where, you know, everything was really defined, spelled out. You knew what you had to do, how you had to do it. And, and that's another reason why we don't only work with individuals and businesses on outward selling, we work with them with internal communication as well, because yeah. there you find in organizations that, right, the manager knows what the mission is, knows what the job is, knows what wants to be done, but the, the team doesn't. They have a different idea of what it is. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you're, you're kind of running into each other or going in opposite directions, right? You're not moving as a single force. And it's not that there's a lot there. It's just that the little, little tweaks with the communicating, right? And yeah. Yeah. You, you heard I, we find, we found over here, we work, we did some work with um, a very large retail company, huge. Um, <laughs> and they basically got into that sort of um, <laughs> rut and it, yeah. like process of using certain words um so you know in people's interviews they were saying actually you know you need to be more strategic um and, and 
there was a bit of an issue where, you know, that was kind of filtered down and that would come up right. in performance reviews. You need to think more strategically. You need to act more strategically. Well, what is but that? There was never an explanation on so what, what, do you, what is your idea. Yeah. <laughs> and so <Okay. laughs> we ended up coming in and talking to them and doing workshops on being strategic because it, it, they just, they'd lost in that, in that right. sort of scaling down. And no one, no one wanted to turn around and go, what's your interpretation of strategic? What does that actually mean? <laughs> exactly. Um, because obviously no one wanted to look like they didn't know what they were talking about. But oh, this this word kind of just, and it, it's crazy the way, you know, that that sort of, that feeling of not wanting to make themselves look silly um, and get clarity. Yes. I mean, if they'd have had, this is what strategy is, and then, you know, have a look, you know, look into that these are points of reference but there wasn't it was just this word that was used be more strategic and they, um, and they turned and went and, with it <laughs> and they turned and went with it and then everyone was a bit like what is strategic yeah um, so there just wasn't the clarity at, at any any level really um to go into the detail and so you know we went in and did, did work on that yeah. um but I, and I you look like heroes like, well, <laughs> yeah well, i was a bit like well this, this really shouldn't have happened you know yeah. like you can see how it does happen right. um and you know it's it, it's but it's yeah i'm like wow we just needed clarity in the beginning absolutely you know? but it's it's so interesting though because so two things from that i teach middle and high school students i do an online class and because i want like I said, we don't teach that in school, right? We don't teach the this, the foundation part of communication. And the, the number one thing that, because I ask them all when the class starts, what is it, what do you struggle with? What do you want to get better at? I want to be able to raise my hand and ask questions. Because most students are so scared to ask questions out of fear, right? Just like you said, they don't want to look like they don't know things like, you know, they're in front of their friends. And it's funny how you're talking about this big corporation with adults and they're voicing the same concern. I know what strategic is. I'll get the team to do it. And they had no clue. Right. So, but and then it's all, subjective, isn't it? Yeah. Subjective. Like, I that's why the clarity, you need the clarity. Like, yeah. For me, I was a bit like, why isn't anyone asking that? Because from the beginning, I'd want to know, you know, yeah, well, what do you mean by strategic? You <laughs> right. What are your opinions of a strategic? Whereas for them, obviously they felt you know a lot of people felt they didn't they didn't have that confidence and I suppose that's what it is it's the confidence, yeah, it's the confidence to speak up actually it's, it's okay to ask that question because what one person thinks is strategic is very different to what another person thinks is strategic absolutely um, but you just you, you don't sometimes you don't know what you don't know do you right <laughs> and, and it brings up another great point though that no matter how large a company is or no matter how small a company is or even just an individual, how important it is to have a set of eyes from outside look in. And yeah. that's, you know, to you and your husband, it looked so simple, right? Like it's right here in front of them. Why didn't they see it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're in it, you don't see yeah. it. The blinders are on. You're just like going straight ahead. And here your company comes in and says, okay, here, let's and then we did workshop. You did workshops on it, and you, it works out. Mm. So that's the value of having that third party come in and look at your business. Well, that's the whole group thing idea, isn't it? Yeah. Is you know you get into that culture, and then what you think is perfectly normal, somebody else comes in and goes, "What on earth are you doing?" Yeah, um, because it's it's just been that that thing that you've always done. Yeah. Um, 
So so why change it? I, I work with people across all different, I don't know about yourself, but all different sectors. Yeah. Um, and I've had clients who've said, oh, I want somebody who's a specialist in this in this area. Um, you know, they, I want them to be a specialist in, in sales within, um, you know, manufacturing or recruitment or something like that. Right. And, and I've been very quick to be like, well, actually, I appreciate that. It's the approach that I teach, not the, for, you know, you know, the market, I know the sales. Right. Um, but you can get a lot out of um, looking at what other industries are doing and, you know, and, and having that set of eyes from if you always work with people within your industry then you're always going to get the industry norms right you're always and gonna, i was like yeah. do you do you want to be like everyone else in your industry because if you do that's the way to go but if you want to be different if you want to you know show how unique you are which most people are aiming <laughs> to be they're, they're going I'm not the same as everyone else in my industry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, use those resources, use those opportunities to get insights on how you might be able to do things a little bit differently. Um, but That's it's, it's so really true. interesting. That is so, the, you know, uh, it, you just get very institutionalized, even within an industry. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very simple to follow that. Well, this is the way it's done. And you go, okay, well, do you like the results of that? No, we want to improve them. Well, if it's always been this way and you've always come up with similar results, let's try a different way and just see what happens. Give it 90 days and let's, you know, we'll evaluate yeah. it at that point. And it's really, and that's what they call what? Thinking outside the box, right? And it's, yeah. you know, so so I do as well. I work with, you know, automotive dealerships, real estate agents. It doesn't matter because communication is vital in, in every aspect, right? And, you know, it's it's... I'm starting to see a lot more uh, people asking, so what do they do in that situation yeah. or that industry, right? So so people's minds are opening up more for that, uh, you know, mm. that, that type of thinking outside the, the lines. It's the traditional. Um, yeah. It's more the so legal. Um, finance. All those sorts of finance. Yeah. Um, recruitment, actually. They're yeah. very quite traditional in what they do. We've always done this real estate. Um, yeah. So estate agents over here. Um, it's just always been done in yeah. this way. So this is, this is how we do it. Um, but it is, you know, th being able to look outside of your industry, you can get some real insights. And, you know, that's the, we have a lot of um, masterminds available in the UK. Um, and actually, to be fair, we've tapped people tap into the ones in the States as well, where, you know, it is very cross sector. Right. And you have got one person from each industry in there um or you know there's a good mix across the board so you are getting insights into well actually we do it this way have you thought about doing it this way um you know and, and that's that's a value in itself isn't it oh but, yeah. you know, at the end of the day communication is communication exactly and you know yeah. just having it being open and and you know going back to what you were saying about the strategic and that the, the company it's also management's responsibility to make their, the employees, the other team members to feel safe and confident enough to ask the question, right? So, you know, yeah. it's, it's also a leadership style and, and that's not talked about enough. A lot of times to me, I've seen that the, you know, it's the lower levels. Oh, well, they're not doing this or not doing that. Well, are we giving them the space to do that? You know, so... 
Are you actually motivating them to do that? (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's just like giving people freedoms. Same as parents, right? I mean, like we struggle, we want to do everything for our child and make sure it's done right. Oh, I'll do it. Right. And, but, but it's well, good. Well, they set to you learn. up for that, don't they? Because you know, yours, <laughs> yeah. are, yours are getting, they're at the other end of the scale. Whereas oh, mine, they set up, they set know. up later. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like mine are like, you know, well, one of them's just attempting, one does dress themselves. One's thinking about it, but it's right. very easy <laughs> to do it. Um, and, you know, you think, well, <laughs> I'm going to go from that to something that's like, yeah, you know, don't even come in my room. Uh (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's the good part of it, actually. It's the cooking and the the feeding part, right? I mean, uh, (laughs) the two that are at home are 13 and 16. They know how to feed themselves, but, you know, they won't eat unless you do it. Mom and dad have to do it or they won't eat or it'll just be like cereal. (laughs) I have a two-year-old who uh, has decided that actually it seems too much effort to feed themselves. So they've gone oh, back to mummy yeah. help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't pick up the spoon. Yeah. No. <laughs> I love it. I can it. for the really good bits, but when it gets a little bit more vegetable-based. Right. <laughs> there goes those vegetables again. You're more, you're more bought into this than I am, love. So if you want me to eat these, then you're yeah. going to have to get involved. <laughs> It's basically what they're saying. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I love it. And I think that is the thing with, with communication is you can be more bought in than your customer. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you're more sort of, you know, when I say bought in, just to sort of extrapolate on that, you know, you're more um, committed to helping them get that outcome. Uh, you're more focused on it than they are. So, you know, yeah. you're bothered. You You, you care. And they care a lot less. What do you, what's your sort of tips for, for people when they find themselves in that situation? With so if it's, if you're working with a team, it's the, the easiest route around that is to really find the ones that are focused, the champions, I call them, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a beautiful thing when it comes to teams and there's a competitiveness in all of us and we don't want to be the ones left behind. So if you have a team of say five people and you know three of them are kind of like oh i know all about this i'm good i'm good and two are like oh really so if i try it this way so you focus on the two that are ready and when, as they excel everybody else is going to be like wow what are they doing and they're going to want to yeah. know so really that's the the key uh when it's an individual it's, it's obviously a little bit more difficult you can't use that you just have to ask more questions and find out really what the hot button, what's the one thing, right? The one thing that they really want to accomplish and help them do that one thing. And then, you know, all the rest starts to flow. The The biggest thing that I tell everyone is, you know, don't, we're not trying to grow 20 to 30% by next week. Okay. We yeah. just want to look at very small increments, very small steps. Because it's just like anything else in our lives. If if we want to change something, whether it's eating healthy, exercise, whatever it could be, you can't look at the six-month goal and be like, I completely want to be this and expect it today. You have to start with one. And, you know, and once because there, there are victories, right? And we love victories. Yeah. It makes us want to do more of it. So yeah. we don't like failure. Yeah. <laughs> it's those little wins isn't it so that's absolutely it's just getting them into those little wins so that yeah you can be I mean I've worked with 
I have worked with sales teams where there's been a real mix of enthusiasm and some of them have been in the room thinking, oh, I really think this is an absolute waste of my time. I yeah. don't want to be here. Even before you've opened your mouth, which is really quite painful. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, at least give me a chance. Right. Um, and then you've got others who are really raring for it. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, it is sales. You're selling to that yeah. person the, the value idea. of and I always talk around resources. So you're either getting them to part with their time or their money. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, when you're talking about bigger organization, people are happy that someone's, you know, put their hand in their pocket. That's fine by me. It wasn't my pocket. Right. But then it's like, well, I'm having to give up my time for this. Yeah. And actually, you can have a lot more uh, resistance around time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think some people think, oh, if I just if I just throw money at it, it'll be all right. Um. And it's like, now the effort starts. They're like, yeah. oh, I have to do this bit too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, I tend to talk, I talk a lot about sports and integrate it with it because mm-hmm. sports can be very relatable. And it doesn't matter. To me, I've always found it interesting how people, they want to be the, if it's sports, they want to be the best, right? But when it comes yeah. to their everyday life and what they do for a living, because we're not all professional athletes, right? So they don't think of it the same way. Well, you're here. How many hours a day are you here? Well, I'm here about eight to 10 hours. Well, wouldn't you want to get the most out of that time, right? How do, how do we get the most out of it? Because guess what? After those eight to 10 hours are gone, you're never getting them back. So why not get the most out of it while you're here because you know you're not going to why waste your time in anything that you do that is because you are right and you know i have i have theories on it but what why do you think people are like that are so easy and lax in in the time part of it well a lot yeah i mean i know from my own my own personal experience that when i can think of a time when i was that way it was because i i felt like there was no end to time, right? And where I'm at in my life now, I'm kind of, it's not that I'm looking at the end, but I understand that, you know, 20 years just went by in a blink. And it's like, wow, not that I didn't make the most of it, but did I really appreciate it? And that's Mm -hmm. the part, you know? So when, when your kids are older and you want to spend more time with them, but you can't because you have to go to work for eight hours a day or whatever it may be, you kind of look at it differently. You want to make the soccer games and the football games and baseball games that your kids are at, um, what I, or dance with my daughter when she was in dance, but you can't because you have to work. Well, how do I position myself to where I can? Because when I am working, I'm doing the best that I can at it. Because the one thing I do know in this world is if you do the best you can when you're at that task, you're going to be in high demand and high demand means that you can dictate your time. You yeah. just take in control of your time. So it's not always about money because, you know, time is something you'll always get money. Money goes up, money goes down. You get some, you lose some, just look at stock markets all over the world. Right. And, but your time, you can never retrieve that. Mm-hmm. So I transition from, working for a paycheck to working for my time. And I knew if I crushed it, then my management, my boss or whoever it was at the time would be like, no, you're doing great. You need, you want to go to the game? Go, you know, they let you go because they know when you're there, you're giving a hundred percent. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's the big divide. That's that's where you separate yourself from the pack. Right. Is is when you realize that it's about time. It's not really about money. And, you know, people yeah. call it freedom. Right. I, I want to make money so I can buy my freedom. Well, it's the same concept because the yeah. if you're if you're working to free up your time. Yeah, you're going to get paid. You're going to you're the money is a bystander to the to the effort. Right. You're going to get your, you're going to win your time because you're so good at what you do. You're going to get paid very well for it as well, but you're going to get your freedom, your time. And that's the yeah. important part to me because you can't get that back. You can't know. I mean, no. that that's, <laughs> we talk around work life balance here. That's the you know, freedom, yeah. work life balance. Um, and, you know, that's where I ended up coming through and doing sales training was because I knew that I couldn't balance being a parent with the yeah. job that I had, yeah. um, which, you know, was it, from, from the company's point of view, you know, it wasn't, they were, they were a great company to work for. Um, but I knew that the amount of effort that I put into that role without right. a child, it just wasn't feasible to put in that level of effort with a child right. um, and be good at both. And so, you know, I made that decision um, and they, they, you know, they were really good about it and they were wanting to find a way for me to stay. Right. But, for me, it just didn't because it's very, you know, it's very tabooy over here. Yeah. Um, companies are trying to be PC. They're trying to be flexible. But there are some jobs that they need somebody who is that that's their full focus. Yeah. And that couldn't be my full focus anymore. Um, and I was quite, you know, sort of hands up and, and, and OK with that. But, <laughs> but they were trying to keep you. <laughs> yeah, well, they were. They were. And I think there was an element of they didn't want me to feel like I right. couldn't. Um, because obviously that's very, it's very on PC and frowned upon. I know, um, I here. <laughs> um, and for companies, I'm just like, in the day, um, you know, I was, I was really conscious of the opportunities they gave me. Right. Um, and, and obviously there's always, you know, I did, I did the textbook, got married, had children. Um, right. and I was really fortunate that they, they were investing in me and making, you know, the effort they were at the time. Right. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't going to reward them with somebody who wanted <laughs> part-time hours and, and right. to do, do less than what they were doing. So, you know, um, for me, it, it seemed fair. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it is that you've got to be realistic with yourself. And, you know, it was a very similar thought process to what you had in the military looking at college. Yeah. I was looking at my job thinking, you know, this is fine when they go to nursery, but when they start, because nursery fits around you and it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, but when they start with preschool and school, right? Um, you start with these things like school holidays and, and it's like, how is my life going to work around that? Um, right. You know, and I, and I saw friends struggling and I just thought, I just can't do that because it's a time thing. Yeah, you know, it's like, all about it's, trying to fit the whole thing together and then. Thing together. And, then and it was like, it's just not going to work. So, and then you suffer, you know, yeah. I mean, because yeah. you're, you don't want to give less effort to your job and your career. You don't want to give less effort to your children. Right. And, and then you'd have no time to focus on you. And that's yeah. one of the things that I've learned about myself is because uh, I always want to help people. So I was always a yes, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. Yes. I, but learning how to say no actually gave me the ability to help people because I was able to take care of myself and 
properly and focus on my own mental and physical health to give me the strength to be able to help others instead of trying to spread myself so thin to help everyone, you know, and you, you have to understand that, you know, there are, you have to draw lines in the sand and really stick with those boundaries because that's where it comes from. And I think you can actually from. be more effective, can't you? Absolutely. Like, yeah. You, you level up. Came back from that. And actually you are more productive in the hours that you do work or the time that you do focus on someone. And so you probably can help more people than if you were helping people all the time. Right. And it, it's interesting because with the pandemic and everything going on and people working from home and schools and so on and so forth, it it's, they've really learned a lot of things though, that, wow, you know, we should let people work remote because <laughs> the, the production levels have gone way up and because I'm actually listening. I, I read a lot, but I actually listen to a lot of books. And this one book that I'm, I'm listening to right now talks a lot about our, our current, they call it carrots and sticks, right? The carrots, the reward, the stick is the punishment. And that system that we've embedded into our industry and our lives is actually wrong. When we're given freedom and there isn't a reward at the end of it, we're doing it just out of the pleasure of it. We actually perform better and we work at it more. It, you know, you think about learning an instrument, right? If, if, you're, if an instrument is your livelihood, you tend not to focus as much on it. But when it's your passion, that's why musicians, they, they're not getting paid in the beginning. They're doing it. They're not, getting, they're not doing it to get paid. They're doing it for the love of it. Now, later on, because of that love, they end up re rewarded with payment because they've put so much into it. But in the beginning, they're not, you know, they're doing it because they love it. Just like people, there's so many people now that they have their job, but then they, they call it a hobby or they call it their, you know, whatever it may be. But as soon as you pay them for whatever that is, they won't want to do it anymore. You know, yeah. it's, it's not the same type of. So it, it's Wait, quite interesting. That? Oh, goodness. Dare, D-A-R-E. I can send it to you. Yes, I'll yeah. send it to you. It's really good. It's really good. Daniel Pink, his Driven book. So how oh, to... yes, that I've that Driven as well. Yeah, there's driven, a couple. That, that, that hits in there with think... the fact that. Now you got me thinking got... maybe it is Driven. I've, <laughs> I just read the wrong book. I'm going to have to look it up. Such... I had such a, it was amazing. He, he talked around. Drive. D-R-I-V-E. Yes. Mm. It is a Daniel H. Pink. Is it? Yeah. Was it his comparison Wikipedia with okay. the with the Microsoft one? Was that was that the example he used? Because I found that really I found it really inspiring when yes. he said about the once you bring in monetary reward and it's like people always get bonuses, but actually right. you're kind of wasting money because it's, that person's association isn't there between the two in the same way. And once you motivate somebody with money, yeah, then you actually demotivate them because then right. you'll only get to do more it's, by paying them more, which becomes that vicious circle. Which um, is what we do when you think about sales cycles, right? We, we start off yeah. with a pay structure that's commission-based. And then what do we do? Then we go, oh, now we have to do like a monthly spiff or a monthly bonus, or we have to give them something else. And, oh, if you yeah. sell 10 in a week, you get this. And, yeah. you know, we start to, it's a snowball effect. 
It is because, you know, actually the the biggest indication for me over people just taking it for granted was um, when I applied for a mortgage and you could look at your, and they would take your bonuses into consideration. Right. And I was like, well, if the mortgage companies are assuming <laughs> that, you know, this is in the bag, then right. kind of, you know, that your staff mentality get into the same thing. A hundred percent. This is normal. They just like, expect you know, it. If I'm not earning 20 grand in bonus, then, you know, this is a bit of a poor show, really. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that becomes minimum expectation. So all the time you're raising that bar. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until I, I yeah, read that book that I was like, oh, that makes yeah, it's so it, I was listening. I, I was walking. I was walking to meet a friend, and then I think I realized I'd actually stopped on the pavement, and I don't know how long I'd been stood there for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. You know, that's why I can't listen to audiobooks in the gym. <laughs> I I I do a lot of driving, so it helps me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. That's why I do wish that back in my early days of sales these sorts of things existed yeah um, no I know I'm with you the hours and I spent in a car that I could have been up you know training myself and upskilling myself um, yeah it's it's it's, it's interesting they they I, I don't know what the numbers actually are but they do talk a lot about if you listen to audible books and you drive x amount of time to and from your work or whatever you can become you know, an expert or a master at whatever that is, if you focus on it. So like if you took, you know, science or math or something, and you focused on that one subject and did all the books on it, you know, you, you would learn that topic. Yeah. I think it's something like, oh, I can't remember. There is, isn't there? Yeah. It's like 105 hours or something like that, or in a couple months or something, a year. Yeah. If you focus x amount of time over mm-hmm. an x period of time um then yeah you can become an expert in that field yeah it's um, it's quite interesting it's what i find it i find all those sorts of things really quite inspiring absolutely <laughs> i do too and it, it, it again potential for opportunity right you know, like potential. yeah absolutely and it's not that you know i'd look back at my my formative middle and high school years and I I couldn't wait to get out of school, right? Education, ah, uh, mm-hmm. you can stick it, you know. And now it's like, I mean, I I'm thirsty for it. It's yeah. it's totally yeah. different perspective. But it's your agenda, isn't it? You know, you've you've kind of lived life a bit. You've got an understanding of what you're interested in. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you're able to, you know, you can you're specializing yourself. You're choosing the subjects you're interested in. Whereas, the 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 rigidity for me at, at yeah, in education uh, yeah. was you have to I remember having to pick between geography and history and IT and I had to take one of those yeah. for my GCSEs and I was like why why I don't I'm not interested in any of those things well that's um yeah. and and that's the, that's that's the issue is is when you're you're forced into certain areas it's just not where whereas when you're given that free, again freedom mm-hmm. and you're given that freedom it's what you end up choosing yep. and holding to your passion yeah, yeah i i definitely feel there are so many people out in this world that are probably equivalent or higher than a phd in certain subjects but they don't have that piece of paper or that certificate to say they are because they didn't want to take the math 101 or the science because that's me i don't you know i i'd love to 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 have my formal education all the way through but it's just i 
then when you, you you look at it and it's like, oh, you have to take this in order to get to this. And I'm like, you just want me to pay for that class. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. selling me. I Over here, I guess, lecture as a practitioner for um, a university. It's actually, it, it was the university I went to. Oh, nice. Um, and um, I remember sitting in the lecture theatres when I was in there and thinking, if I come back and talk in my subject area, then I'll know I've made it. And that's uh, what I decided. That's what my head was on. Um, when I did it, I didn't feel like I'd made it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I ticked that box for that 21 year old me. Um, and um, yeah, I go and I guess lecture because there's not a lot of modules of sales. Right. I don't know about for no, you guys, but no. you know, there's two universities or there were when I did the research in the whole of the UK, which have a sales module to their business degree. That's interesting. And I said, that's insane. Yeah, um, it's the key to it all. It is because without the sales, you don't have a business. Yeah. Um, so it's like how to generate revenue is kind of missed off the curriculum. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I go in and I talk to them as a practitioner, but they said to me, you know, to, to lecture, to, to be a lecturer, you have to have a, for that university, you need right. to have an, a, a, a postgraduate degree. Yep. So I was like, I'm, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah. There's no way. I just, the thought of having to do essays and, and, and do that structure for, to tick the box, to be able to talk. I was like, I'm fine with being guest. I'll be yeah. a guest. I'll just come in. You're, you're absolutely right. To check the box. That's, that's all yeah. you're doing. It's yeah. so crazy. So I'm waiting for an honorary postgraduate. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the only way I'm gonna get it. <laughs> I don't blame you. I know. I just just the thought of it, and you know, and it is a subject area that I'm interested in. Right. Um, but just to to follow that rigidity of you need to cover this, and then you need to cover this. Yeah. Um, I want to be spending. It's a time thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, investing information in where you're actually. You know, yeah, focus right on the focus. Yeah, so no, 100%. Well, it's been really nice speaking to you. No, (laughs) absolutely, my pleasure. We've covered a breadth of stuff within business. (laughs) (laughs) If people want to know more about what you do, um, obviously, you're based over in the States, yes. Um, but presumably, you work all over the world, all over, all over the world, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the, the um, internet's a beautiful thing. And you could help anyone anywhere. So, yeah, uh, my website's Professional Success. Yeah, ProfessionalSuccessSouth.com. And, uh, yeah. or you could just look Bill Kersija, um on all different social networks and just reach out. Let's talk. I, I'm, I'm Talk is free. You know, it's just our time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's, um, so are you quite, is, is Bill Kersija, is that quite a unique name? Yes. So it's K K U R Z E J A. So it's yes. It's there's not going to be many that pop. I don't think so. But (laughs) you know, (laughs) last time there wasn't. But I'm always because I'm very Facebook. A lot, lots of my work's done on Facebook, and I'm always like, whenever I uh, do these sorts of things, I'm like, I am literally the only Sarah Jolly Jarvis on Facebook, and I was like. It's either my page or my, or me. That's the only confusion is is my page is the same name. Oh yes, um, yes. But I'm like there literally is 
well, it's currently four. There's going to be five Jolly Jarvises soon. Wow. But <laughs> there's currently <laughs> only four of us in the world. But I don't know what I'd do if somebody else took up the name. I'm like, this is mine now, people. Yeah, yeah, get away, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm waiting for someone else to appear. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. for marketing purposes, it's quite handy. <laughs> no, I can definitely see that. <laughs> but it was not something that I'd planned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been lovely to speak to you. Yeah, please yes. do look up Bill and find out more information from him. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the fact that when we had the, our initial conversation, how similar we were in, you know, our sort of attitude towards sales. Um, you know, it really is the whole selling without sleeves. It's looking at a person, figuring yeah. out what they need and then figuring out actually, can you help? Um, and always working within that gut feel. Um, yeah. So I talk about moral compass, gut feel. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know it's it's really nice to meet somebody who has such a, a similar outlook on it um and you know it's it's that sort of outlook which is going to stand people in in good stead and help them grow their business in the Absolutely. longer term because you're building long-term relationships aren't you yeah so, yeah it's a it's all about relationships that's what makes sense so yeah thank you very much bill and, um, and take care happy selling everybody Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.